Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnana Jana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha We're now on a tour of Saurashtra. Yeah, a few places. Jamnaga, Rajkot, Amreli. Today we're going to Mahuva, then Bhavnaga, and then that's our tour finish. So, uh, yeah, five Five places. Of course, it's a huge area with a large population. Saurashtra itself has more population than that of many countries of the world. Although in India, it's only a relatively small area. So, uh, this tour is where we say we're going to tour. People think of tourism, but it's not exactly tourism. We're not going to look at all the beautiful things. Uh, but we're touring uh, for the sake of spreading the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prem Pracharan or Pashanda Dalan Dui Karja Avadhut Karen Brahman. This is Brahman, traveling. So of Nityananda Prabhu it said that preaching, praying and subduing the demons, atheists and rascals, for these two purposes, Nityananda Prabhu taught. So, we're on tour. This is the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He also taught in, Bengal, in parts of Bengal, uh, from Orissa. Then, yeah, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's travels were within Bengal and then from Bengal to what is now called Orissa down to South India, up to uh, the Narmada, and then through Central India, back to Puri. Then again he toured through, from Puri through Jharkhand, up to Varanasi, then over to Vrindavan, and back. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught and he preached Krishna consciousness. This is the mission entrusted to us by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through the agency of Srila Prabhupada, who himself taught widely by writing books. So we have, as members of this Krishna conscious movement, we are enjoined Janma Sata Kari Koropara Upaka to make our lives successful by Krishna consciousness and to act for the benefit of others by preaching Krishna consciousness. So both of these things have to go on side by side. It's not that we say, first of all, I'll, I'll read all the books of all the Goswamis and, and, and then I'll memorize them all and then I'll preach. Well, we won't have time in our life. And in the meantime, Ahani Ahani Bhutani Gachandehayamalayam. Every day, millions of people are going to, to hell. So both things should go on side by side. And uh, the key to Janma Sartakari, to making our lives successful in Krishna consciousness, what is the key? Of course, the various 
answers can be given to that. How? What is the process of making advance within Krishna consciousness? We can say, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam. Chanting that brings all success. Eha Hoite Sarva Shiddhi Hoibe Shabha. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that by this chanting all success will come. Then uh, in the preface to the Nectar of Instruction, Srila Prabhupada writes that advancement in Krishna consciousness depends on the attitude of the performer. And then again we have Yasya Prasadat Bhagavat Prasadaha by the mercy of the pure devotee spiritual master one attains the mercy of Krishna. So these are all there. These are all considerations. But the vital factor is this. Uh, getting the mercy of Krishna as received from the pure devotees. That's the vital factor. Because if we don't have that, yasya aprasadad nagati katopi. If we don't have the mercy of the pure devotee spiritual master, then nagati katopi even though we do everything else, we can chant 5,000 rounds a day, of course that's not even physically possible, or we can stand on our head in, with uh, chanting rounds, with uh, ants building a nest on a, like Hiranyakashipu, the ants build a nest around him, and we can, we can observe fasting every other day, and only take one drop of water, every three days, but if Prabhupada isn't satisfied, we're not going anywhere. You can, you can learn all these shastras, become a great pundit, and uh, become a fantastic Madanga player, and jump up and down in Kirtan, but unless Prabhupada satisfied, then we're not going anywhere. So, uh, we can satisfy Srila Prabhupada. We should think how to do that. And it's not very difficult, actually. That if we seriously engage in his mission, and try to help to serve this mission, then, despite all our lackings, we'll get Prabhupada's mercy. So, uh, I personally am convinced, you can take this if you like, that, you, that for our own spiritual advancement, when we talk about spiritual advancement, we talk ultimately about going back home, back to Godhead, right? So, uh, if we give, as Prabhupada often said, we've given so many lives for Maya, now just give this one life for Krishna. So if we do that, then our our purpose will be served. We are suffering miserably in this material world. We want to get out of this miserable place, I hope, and go to Krishna. Maybe we're thinking, well, well it's not so bad after all. I'll just give it one more try. <laughs> but even if we are thinking like that, if we somehow engage ourselves in this mission, then our purposes will be served. It's not that, you see, you can become Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaibha, Bhakti Vedanta, Bhakti Sarva Bhoma, and still not have any Bhakti. <laughs> it could just be all theory. <laughs> you, could, you can be a prof- 
professor, Nobel Prize winner, you can write a thesis on this and that. And, but if we don't actually satisfy Prabhupada, then what's the use of it? Of course, Prabhupada wanted these things. I'm not saying that these study and degrees shouldn't go on. He wanted that. But it's not in and of itself the essence. That's the point. So, as Prabhupada said, give this one life to Krishna. If you can distribute these books, whole programs, bring people into Krishna consciousness, preach to them, and without thinking that, well, I will be benefit. What is my benefit? If we just try to think, how will Prabhupada be pleased? Then automatically, our own purpose will be there. Just like I remember years ago in the Berry Place Temple after Prasad in the morning, washing myself and my godbrother, one godbrother, who we used to go out in the traveling vans together. For quite some months we were together traveling. So we were discussing how we were washing our plates after Prasad. So we were discussing how if we just try to help others, then we ourselves are helped. And he gave the example, just like we're washing the plate, and the plate becomes clean and our own hand becomes clean at the same time. He's, he saw that example. So, of course, you have to physically clean your hand also, but a lot of it's already done just by cleaning the plate, right? Your hand also becomes clean. So, if we do that, if we try to do something for the benefit of others, then we ourselves also become benefited. Simple formula. You just, you can do that, that's all. Of course, when you get old, you can retire to a holy place. Or like Prabhupada, just keep on going until the body no longer cooperates. But uh, certainly, just like one devotee asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, are we going to go back to Godhead? Are we actually going to go back to Godhead? Prabhupada said, well, why not? You see, we're making so much effort to, to help others to go back to Godhead, then why will Krishna not take us? So that's the formula. There are many things we could do. We could become an well, within Krishna consciousness there are many things we can do. But this idea that we want to serve Prabhupada's mission and assist him in bringing the mercy of Krishna to the whole universe, if we just think like that and act like that, then definitely we'll get Prabhupada's mercy. And that's ultimately what's important for us. And even we're talking about preaching, but even for preaching it's... Of course, if we know many shlokas, all right, and we can preach, we can speak in a way that's attractive to people, that's good, but I mean, some of the, some of the best preachers that this movement's ever had were not what you'd say from the material point of view, very learned or intelligent people. Like Tribhuvanath Prabhu, in England, he never, you know, he never had any position like Sanyasi or GBC. I think he was town president for a short time. In London, he was—I think he was only about 17 years old or something—they made him the town president. All the, the Prabhupada called all the senior devotees who started. He called them all off to uh, to India. 
and then Dhananjaya became the president and then he went off to Rome and Tribhuvanath he was like 17 and he joined when he was 15 and they made him the town president for, for a short time because he, he didn't stay in one place very long anyway he was always traveling but I mean he uh, he wasn't what you'd call the scholarly type but he preached to all kinds of people and he convinced all kinds of people because Krishna gave him the intelligence how to do so in England, traveling for some time, he was just before he left England just before I joined there. And devotees were always talking about him. He was the cousin brother of Vishnu Janswami, Revati Nandan Swami. So he was traveling all over the colleges and universities, giving lectures. He'd never studied science, and most of our devotees they were not didn't study much of anything. But uh, the college dropouts, this and that. But he said, he was saying that just by reading Prabhupada's books, we're meeting all these college professors and defeating them. <laughs> and telling this Darwin's theory doesn't make any sense. And they just defeated them. Now, of course, at a, Prabhupada wanted at a more sophisticated level, Bhaktivedanta Institute, do that. I mean, there may be one-off meeting and defeating, but to make a, a sophisticated and conclusive battle against all these various maya aparitagyanas, demons who are passing as scholars, or scholars, demoniac scholars, then, yeah, it is required that some devotees become very learned and take their, uh, their, take their arguments to pieces and in a very learned and sophisticated way. But uh, the point is, it's not, it's not that everyone has to become super learned and super sophisticated. And even if you do, still the motive of serving the mission has to be there. Otherwise, the learning, it's, then it's just uh, like the decoration of a dead body. You see, like Sadar Puta Prabhu, he was a brilliant scientist. Uh, I mean, way ahead of even most of the scientists. But he, he was a very humble person and... Uh, you wouldn't know he was a brilliant scientist if you just met him and spoke with him. Uh, he, he was, he acted, I mean, he was a very simple person, but he was studying so many things and had so much grasp of scientific issues. But he was doing so fully for the sake of serving Prabhupada's mission. And therefore, Prabhupada gave him so much, Krishna gave him so much intelligence to do so. So, this we should also always remember. There's the Arohana Panta and Avarohana Panta. We are on the... Which one are we on? Well, which one are we supposed to be on? Avarohana. The mercy comes down. It's not that we're going to climb up to Vaikuntha by our own efforts. So, you know, turning so many rounds. I've learned so many shlokas. Open the door of Vaikuntha. I'm coming in. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. You're humbly begging for the mercy and it comes down. And then we can grab the rope and go up. So, let us do that. It's dedicate our lives to this mission. And... Our, whatever skills we have, whatever, that may be developed also in Krishna's service, but not independently from serving the mission. 
See, I've been trying to do that throughout my life and I have some intellectual leanings also. I mean, I'm not a big scholar like some people I know, but also in the course of traveling and preaching, I didn't stop doing that, but I've been able to write a few books, learn a few shlokas, like that. So, Krishna gives you what you need. You don't have to run off to a cave and do austerities for 50 years and learn all the Vedas and then come out yes, now I learned everything no one will listen but if you're fully convinced and you're empowered by Krishna you may only know know, 10 shlokas or even no shlokas but Krishna will give you the intelligence how to speak to people how to meet people and how to uh, bring them to Krishna consciousness So, you can do that. Everyone according to their capacity and to what service is given to them. We can serve the mission by distributing books, holding festivals, doing Harinam. Someone has to cook and clean and all these things have to be done. It's not that the the devotee cleaning the floor or cooking is any less in Krishna's eyes than someone who's so-called big preacher, Krishna sees what is the sincerity of the devotee. Hare Krishna. Any question about this? Yes. We might be some, sometime we find in you know, preaching, uh, we have to adjust something, uh, situation in... We have to adjust our situation so in preaching. Talking, how to do that? Well, yeah, some adjustment has to be there because it's not like, you know, it's not like in every... You go in someone's house, not in every house that you're going to walk in and say, okay, now everyone surrender to Krishna and take the TV and throw it out and take the fish bowl and throw it out and and the picture of all the bogus, sometimes I do that, all the bogus gurus and throw them all out and say, okay, now all of you surrender to Krishna. I mean, they'll already call the police and throw you out before you, <laughs> before you get that far. So you have to... Especially in distributing books, I mean, practically, you can, the kind of nonsense that you'll go along with to sell a book. I mean, many times people start talking about my guru, this, that. We don't try to defeat them on the spot. There's no point. You get them to take a book. That's all. If we're at a preaching program and someone stands up and says, Well, Swami V. Ananda, then, then we can say, but when you're selling books, the point is get the book out. We're on Hainam Sankitan. All over the world, it's, uh, generally when we go on Harinam, drunken people are attracted. In the West, in India, everywhere. So it's not that we, you know, if they come along and they're, they're a bit of a disturbance, but as long as they're not too disturbed, it's not that we're going to, you know, punch them out. Or, just Some adjustment has to be. That's all. Otherwise we can't. Preaching means we have to make some adjustment. If, because we can't expect everyone, even Arjuna didn't immediately surrender to Krishna. So, preaching means we're trying to give the highest message to people who have very limited capacity to understand it. So, we try and meet at some point where they can understand and take them from there. So, adjustment doesn't mean that we compromise the philosophy. But we have to find the way to introduce that and put it in. 
Yeah, his whole material world means adjustment to the. We have bodies that we we are forced to live in. We 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 don't have any choice if the body's sick or tired or we may not be able to uh, perform devotional service at the level that we'd like to. So adjustment is always there. Adjusting our Krishna consciousness to the circumstance we find ourselves is one thing. Compromise is something else. Compromise is when we we no longer adhere to the principles of the philosophy. When we change that. Adjust means that we can, uh, just like in a battle, sometimes you may when two armies are fighting face to face, sometimes you may give up a position with the idea of regrouping or, or, or you bring two two wings of the army together to make one solid phalanx. So, there's an adjustment, but it's not, it's not that you gave up, but you're just finding the best way to fight the battle, that's all. But compromise means that practically you gave up the battle. <laughs> yeah, anything else? Well, sometimes in arguments opponents go to the extreme that uh, you say that uh, it is uh, killing animals, is terrorism and uh, it's we should take meat and same time you're saying that living entities, trees and all, they are also living entities and you are killing them too. The old argument of, uh, well, killing animals, but you're also killing plants. So we can tell them, it's so nice that you're compassionate upon, upon the plants. <laughs> but then why are you killing animals if you're compassionate upon the plants? If you're so compassionate. Anyway, this is, uh, can someone tell the answer? I mean, this is one of these FAQs, frequently asked questions. You haven't heard this answer to this before? Well, the first thing is that in eating plant life, uh, a lot of the times it's not killing. When you eat an apple, you don't kill the tree. When you eat grains, the, pl- the, the grains are harvested after the plant has already died, right? So in that case, you're not killing. When you drink milk, you're not killing the cow. So in many cases, you're not killing. But you can call Shastra. Jiva Jiva Sya Jivanam. It's uh, life lives on life. So uh, we can't equate pulling a vegetable out of the ground with slaughtering animals because the level of consciousness there there is pain, we can that's accepted that there is there is pain. But the level of consciousness of a carrot and of a cow, there's a great difference. And if you can't see that, then you're not much more uh, sentient than a carrot yourself. Uh, But yes, that's true. Therefore, Shastra says that we should take only our quota and no more. What's that verse in Ishopanishad? Isha Vasimiram Sarvam Yat Kinchit Jagatang Jagat Tena Taktena Bunjita Bunjita means what? To consume 
So we should not consume more than our quota. Another point is that we have to offer, every, offer everything for the pleasure of Krishna. But we don't kill unnecessarily. Nor do, even plants, we don't, this whole idea that you're just wasting food, that's also sinful. Don't take more than is required. But people who ask that are pretty stupid actually, because obviously the, the level of consciousness between a carrot and a cow and the pain that a cow suffers when slaughtered is obviously on a different level to that of a carrot. Jains are hypocrites. Jains are hypocrites. They say, well, we won't take the potato because uh, it's under the ground and then you disturb the worms. But they're, no, they're using oil. They drive in cars. The oil comes from much more disturbance to the earth by taking out oil than by taking out potatoes. So they're hypocrites. Just tell them you're a hypocrite. And you stop using this, you stop driving around in your car because you're using oil. And then the car is also made out of metal which they get from mining operations. Okay, anything else? Yeah. Sometimes uh, due to some management or due to some leaders in ISKCON, if we become fried in ISKCON... If we become fried, what should we do? That time... Offer yourself to Krishna. (laughs) If we, you know, if we think of... Fried potatoes, offer it to Krishna. That's the answer, offer yourself to Krishna. If you become fried, offer yourself to Krishna. If we want to serve Krishna, we have the opportunity. We won't be denied of it. If we don't want to serve Krishna, then there's millions of uh, excuses we can find. (laughs) You may not find it easy to work under someone, but it's not that every situation in ISKCON is going to be so difficult that you can't serve. Then you find some situation you can serve, and that's all. Or if you if you feel too disgusted with this gone or whatever it may be, then uh, well, service to Krishna is Iskon doesn't have a monopoly on it. You can try elsewhere also, but you there are other organizations where there are devotees of Krishna also, but you'll find there are problems there also. So at least in Iskon there's Prabhupada's books you can distribute. That's the best way to help people to come to Krishna consciousness. There's Kirtan. So, up to you. So, Hare Krishna. We'll finish there and move on to our next destination to Ma- What is that they had for the 50th? Garavi Gujarat for the 50th anniversary. They were saying. Swarna Jayanti. Swarna Jayanti. Garavi Gujarat the world's biggest garlic factory. At least they don't have the world's biggest slaughterhouse. That's in UP. No, Asia's biggest slaughterhouse. <laughs> oh, most of the katakas come out of Gujarat, don't they? Lahova <laughs> <laughs> is the home base of Moraliba. Uh, <laughs> most of the big katakas come out of... Ashram Bapu, he's not from Gujarat, but he's... Uh, He's Sindhi, but he, yeah, he's based in Gujarat, right? 
And Ramesh Bayoja. It's from Porbanda, yeah. He's, he's a famous speaker. I don't think he's famous. He's not famous for. He's not famous for speaking, is he? He's famous. This Ashram is also very famous. No? Yeah, huge crowd. Yeah, so, but he's not very nice speaker. Is that? He's just speaking Katha like that. He's just speaking some truth. Yeah. Just words. Anyway, anyway, you all not nearly as famous as we should have made him. But Prabhupada said that to Bhagavad. He said that one Western devotee, his, you know, he was in Bhuvaneshwar. He said, you learn Oriya and preach, so thousands of people will come and touch your feet. So Prabhupada wasn't against that. He wasn't against his disciples becoming famous. But uh, you have to be selfless. So now you can all kidnap Romapad and he's not smiling. <laughs> Teach him Gujarati. Teach him Gujarati and you can go all over and people will touch your feet. <laughs> and if you like, you see there are many beautiful girls in Gujarat. You can have one nice, beautiful wife. But I don't recommend it. <laughs> we need, actually, it's, it's very good for preaching if Western-bodied devotees go around and speak in the local languages. It's very difficult to get... It'd be much easier to get Indians to go and preach in the West. Of course, they usually end up doing some kami job <laughs> and may, sending money home but it uh, seems to be difficult to get Westerners to preach in India. But it's very effective, no doubt. Years ago, and in Vapi, the first time I went there, I met... I don't think any of you were with me at that time. I don't think any of you... You were there, no, years ago, many years ago. You must have been a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Running around and learning... Ah, ah, e, e. This is many years ago. So we were staying with one Marwari man and uh, I just met him recently in Dubai. He shifted his... He still has a factory in Vapi but he's shifted his main business to Dubai. And I, I recall at that time he, we were speaking, he was driving me and he said... I can't remember exactly the words he said but I remember the phrase he said that we're seeing the Westerners taking up Krishna Bhakti and we feel ashamed. So I told him, that you don't need to feel ashamed, you also take up Bhakti. Then you, you're of course Sharam Nevagana. So, yeah, and after many years I met him. <laughs> so, yeah, we can try. Try and bring more Westerners. You have to... It's a bit difficult for them sometimes to fit in. So you have to be a little tolerant of them. And you know, the culture is different and this and that. But they can... Just being there with Tilak and chanting Hare Krishna, that in itself is good preaching. And if they can actually 
preach to people and if they speak the local language, it's very big preaching. So now I got Vasudev Datta in Sri Lanka. He's learning Tamil. He's so, see what an effect it's having, even though he's just beginning to speak it. And now Gadadha Krishna is learning Telugu. So we need Hindi. And one isn't not enough. We should have 500 Westerners in Gujarat alone speaking Gujarati, Katiawadi. <laughs> Actually, if that was there, then you know, within a short time, everything everything would change. But, Literally thousands of people would take it up. But we don't have, even we're even looking for one, let alone 500. In 1971, Prabhupada had written in his diary, he wanted to present to Indira Gandhi, grant permanent residence to 500 Western devotees. I think at that time there were probably not more than a thousand devotees in the whole movement. Seemed like Prabhupada wanted to bring half the movement and practically decimate his movement in the West for the sake of preaching in India. He was ready at that time. And we've never had anything like 500 devotees stationed in India. And even most of the Western devotees who come to India, they don't preach either. They, they sit in Mayapur or Vrindavan and that's it. Anyway, we'll try and bring more. Jare deko tare koho krishna upadesh amaragyai guru hoya tara edesh. Now you're in this country, so you can try and do something for it. Hare Krishna. Alright, we'll move on to the land of Murari Bapu. Edesh means this, this dish. Is dish in Hindi. Hare Krishna.